Welcome to the Sustainable Soul Podcast. I'm your host, Christine Martin, and I'm here to talk about my views on holistic sustainability. We as a community will fill our own cups with passion and care in order to serve the people and earth around us. I will be speaking on holistic health, sustainable living in all aspects, and the things that I have learned through struggles with food, body image, and self-esteem. Together, we will find our most authentic, joyful, sustainable lives, one episode at a time. Hi guys, welcome to the Sustainable Soul podcast episode two, but basically episode one because this is the first time I'm going to get into some advice and I'm excited to kind of like get this started and actually get into a topic. And today I titled this episode, How to Navigate the Toxic Traits of College, Comparison, FOMO, and Imposter Syndrome. But I want to say that this can be helpful for anybody in any stage of life. I'm talking about in a college setting because that's where I'm at right now. And that's kind of the examples that I can think of. But I think that it can apply anywhere. If you're in high school, I know that it can for sure apply to you there. An aspect of wanting to fit in and comparing yourself to this new surrounding that you're in. And so I think that this can be some really good advice for whatever life stage you're in. No matter where you're at, I hope that you enjoy and can learn something from this. So go ahead and grab a snack, get some water, sit down, and let's start talking about comparison and FOMO and imposter syndrome. So to start off this episode, I want to talk about comparison in general because I think it kind of underlies the other two issues of FOMO and imposter syndrome. Comparison can happen in creative situations, in class situations, in family situations, in relationship situations. It can be really easy to look at another person's situation in life and think, "Mm, I should be more like them in a certain way. And it's one thing to have role models. I think that that's really important to take advice from people, to have role models, to be inspired by people. But comparing yourself to another person who has a completely different upbringing, a completely different set of values, way of life, isn't productive for anybody. And a theme of this episode that I really want everybody to take away is that you have to focus on yourself sometimes. And being quote-unquote selfish is looked down upon so much and it has such a negative connotation, but it's really important to be selfish in order to help others. And it's really important to be selfish to help yourself. So by being selfish, I mean you need to do what is right for you in the long run. So starting with comparison in general in college, That's when I feel like I got the worst about comparison was when I first came to college and I still definitely struggle with it sometimes, but I feel like I've gotten a really good grasp in at least in the two areas of eating and sleeping. Whereas when I first came to college, I did not have a good grasp on that in respect to comparison. I, there's kind of a weird, um, dynamic, uh, in college and it might, I've definitely heard people talking about it at different schools, but the not sleeping enough definitely gets the worst that I've seen during dead week. And I think it's an important time right now. If you're at Berkeley, our dead week is in a week. And if you go to another school and you have a dead week, which is basically just like a week before finals where we have no classes and you're just getting ready for finals. And my freshman year dead week 
the comparison was so insane because people were just staying up all night studying 24 7 just talking so much about how they're not getting any sleep and how they're studying for finals and how you just a lot of things like that it's a lot of hustle culture like toxic workplace vibes and I remember calling my mom at the end of dead week freshman year and just being like I'm a failure I can't stay up all night I tried I I tried to study all day every day and I just couldn't do it I had to stop because for me my best work hours are from eight to four eight to five on a good day and I try my best every day to stop my work at five because I know that I am not productive after that and I need to go to sleep early and wake up early to be living my best life but to see to be around all these people who I thought were really smart or I even thought that like they're way smarter than me and I wanted to emulate them were just staying up all night doing their homework and so I thought I had to do that too. I did I didn't stay up all night. I've never stayed up all night, but I definitely pushed myself way harder than I should have for my well-being that year. For the next semesters too, a couple I did a couple semesters like that and then I had this one midterm where I st- studied nonstop for it all the way up until the second I took it. I took that midterm and I just did not do well on it at all. And I remember feeling absolutely crushed. And like my life was over because I did poorly on this test and I just wasted all this time studying and I felt like I'd put in so many hours, but I called my dad and I was crying and I was saying I was a failure and that I wasn't good at school and all these things. And he basically just said, you need to get over this and move past it and figure out a way that works better for you. And I realized I am so much more than my grades or one midterm grade it doesn't matter in the scheme of things and in reality I kind of kicked myself in the foot because I studied in a way that did not work for me and ever since that midterm I have studied in a way that feels sustainable to me I try to stop at five if I can if I can't sometimes there's nights where I'll go over or I'll have to work into the night if something doesn't work out But for the most part, I try to work in the mornings and the afternoons because that's when I feel the best and that's when I feel the most productive. And then before a test, I do not study that day. That day is for relaxing, getting a good night's sleep, eating enough, and taking the test and remembering that it is not the end of the world how I do on any one test. So that's what works for me and that might not work for some people. I know a lot of my friends are really productive at night and they cannot get up and work in the morning, so that's shifted for them. But the point is that it doesn't matter what other people around you are doing. It matters what feels good to you and it matters to play around with that and find what that is and then roll with it. And don't let the people around you influence what you do to make your life better. So that's with sleeping and then with eating. The same type of thing happened when I first came to college is that I got here and I was surrounded by all these people who I thought were really cool or really pretty or skinny or all these kind of physical things where that's like kind of an analogy to all the people who I thought were so smart with the sleeping thing. I was going to the dining halls with them and I just found myself really comparing what I was eating to what other people were eating 
And that's when I started getting really obsessive about calories because a lot of my friends were using calorie counting apps and talking about how many calories were in the food at the dining hall. I started really obsessing over that. And I was just comparing what I was eating to what everybody else was eating. I had no idea what they would do when they went back to their rooms. I had no idea how much some people were eating. I had my roommate who I spent a lot of time with, but I didn't, I wasn't with her all the time. I didn't know what she went through that day. I didn't know how much exercise she was doing. I didn't know what she was eating. And at the end of the day, even if I did all know all of those things, it doesn't matter because it's not my life and it doesn't affect me. So I basically was comparing myself to a lot of people in the dining halls. Anytime we'd go out to eat, I compared what I was eating to what everybody else was eating. And I was miserable because I was not listening to my body. I wasn't fueling myself for my personal life. I was fueling myself based on what I thought other people were doing. And that translated into the eating disorder and it translated into me really resenting people around me for eating differently than me or exercising differently than me because I was translating it into something that affected my life when it just wasn't at all. Like I lived in a in an apartment with two people who had completely different habits than I did and every time one of either one of them who had completely different lives than me, completely different habits, completely different everything, they're different people than I am, if either one of them worked out, I felt like I had to work out and I hadn't worked out enough. If either of them skipped a meal, I noticed and I decided that I should skip a meal. And it was just things like that that became really toxic and it was a wasted energy on my friendship and on my relationship with myself that I could have spent just ignoring their habits and focusing on how much I loved them and enjoyed being with them. And that comparison took a while to get rid of, but the way that I did it was I just started thinking about how things affect me, not how I think that they should affect me or not how I think that they affect other people, but how they affect me. And another another example that I just thought of is in sorority and party culture and people not eating because they want to get drunk faster when they go out. That is a completely toxic and dangerous thing to do and I just think it's crazy looking at it. But back in the day when I was comparing myself all the time, I would do that. I would try not to eat all day because I knew I was going out and I wanted to fit in with everybody else. But now I think about that and if one of my friends isn't going to eat before we go out, I will remove myself from that situation, go eat my dinner, and then come back. We can get ready, go out together. That's fine. What they do does not affect me. And that's what you have to do sometimes. You have to remove yourself from the equation. No, <laughs> you have to make yourself the only part of the equation. You have to remove the other people from the equation. So if you're dealing with comparison with pretty much any aspect of life, I think it's important to go back to yourself and remember why you're doing things. And if you have a positive reason for doing something, then keep doing it. It doesn't matter what other people are doing because they're not you. And you are the only one living your life. You're the only one that knows the best thing for yourself with the resources and the experiences that you've had before. 
So listen to yourself and trust yourself. And that takes a while, especially if you're in the habit of comparing yourself to others and going along with what others say. It definitely takes experimentation and it takes making mistakes, which is not easy. It's definitely not easy to go out on your own and figure out what works for you. But it is so important to live a happy and fulfilled life. Because if you strip back the people around you and the accomplishments in your life, who are you? What are you acting for? What is your end goal? And that person is the one that should be making the decisions. So I would say for comparison, the most important thing is to remember how amazing you are as a person and start thinking about what really matters to you and start acting from that place rather than a place of wanting to fit in and wanting to be like other people. And I'm definitely going to go more in depth about different strategies to cope with comparison and FOMO and imposter syndrome. But I think that as a basis to this episode, just keep it in your mind that you are your own beautiful, amazing person and what you do should be in your own best interest. If you act authentically and genuinely in a way that betters yourself, I promise you are going to be a better friend, a better partner, better daughter, son, sister, brother, everything to the people around you and you are going to feel so much more fulfilled internally. So let's keep that in mind and then I will start talking about FOMO and imposter syndrome. All right, so now we're going to get into FOMO, which is fear of missing out. And if you haven't heard of this concept before, it's basically just like a type of jealousy, like you see when other people are at an event and you wish you were there. But I think it's different than that type of jealousy because for me, I would classify it as FOMO if you weren't upset about it before. Because, you know, there's always those times where you're like bummed that you can't go to something like Coachella was last weekend. I'm watching all the videos. I'm like, I wish I could be at Coachella or I wish I could go to some concert or some party or something like that. But FOMO, I would say, is more of a jealousy from like an external level like it's not like you actually want to be there it's like you want to be there so that you can say that you were there or so that you're not missing out on anything and that you're part of a group still so FOMO is one of those things that I look at as an easier fix than the other things because this is where you really just have to think for yourself like I was talking about before and decide what's healthy for you in the moment. And I'm mostly going to talk about setting boundaries with yourself, not comparing your life to anybody else's, and how FOMO changes and how it changed for me when I got to college. This is also kind of based off of one of my Sustainable Soul Sundays. Um, I think it's number five. I'm pulling it up right now. Um, yeah, it's number five. I'm like wearing a green sweatshirt in it and drinking coffee. And... It's all about FOMO and setting boundaries and so I'm kind of just going to go through that post and talk more in depth about each part because I think this is a big way that comparison shows itself and I think it is the most external problem to fix but it also can be very damaging if you let it hurt you internally and so this is more of like a social application of comparison. I kind of want to start with this with where I think that FOMO comes into play in college and for me I think 
it stems from a fear of not fitting in when I first got to college because I remember when I first got here, I was expecting all rainbows and butterflies. I watched all the movies and I just thought that I was going to come to college and immediately make my lifelong best friends the second I got here and everything was going to change from high school and my life was just going to completely change overnight and I was going to be a new person and I was going to have a new set of people around me and that was just the way that I saw it and nobody talks about how hard it is to make friends in college like yeah we're all thrown together in these like orientations and you have a roommate and you have your classes with people but it's not like you somehow turn 18 go off to college and just learn how to automatically spark a bond with someone and that's not the way it's supposed to go either the way it's supposed to go is how friendships happen which is slowly meeting someone and getting to know them and enjoying their presence and then becoming friends with them but i think it's something that social media has made really hard to normalize that it takes time to make friends and i've talked to a lot of my friends especially friends that are younger than me who have said that they feel self-conscious because they feel like they're not making friends fast enough in college and then I thought back to like when I first got here and I was so anxious that nobody liked me I have read my journals back from orientation week and a couple weeks after and probably a few months into school where I would say nobody likes me I have no friends I I was liking it here but not really like I had a couple of close friends but besides that I was like I feel like I don't have a group here I don't know who to talk to. I just left all my friends and like you're in survival mode because you're breaking away from your parents and you're learning how to live on your own. But then also there's this expectation that college is the best time of your life and you move out and you find yourself and you find your group of people and it just doesn't happen right away. And so I think that that sparks FOMO quite a bit because there's that fear of like, oh God, I have to do the work and put in the work to make these friendships that I'm supposed to make. I have definitely gotten better with FOMO as the years have gone on, but it's taken a lot of boundary setting and it's taken a lot of personal conversations to do that. And when it happens to me the most is definitely when I'm scrolling through social media. And what I try to remember is that social media, I don't think it's all fake. I'm not one of those people who will tell you to get off of social media. I honestly love social media sometimes like sometimes I think it can be toxic but I also think it's a reflection of your mindset but I do think that when you're consuming social media you have to take it with a grain of salt because like I said at the beginning of college I remember feeling all those ways and I was posting on my stories I was posting on Instagram I was saying my new best friends and look at all these parties I'm going to and look at how much fun I'm having I'm obsessed with Berkeley which I wouldn't say it was a lie. I liked it here, but I didn't, I was not only feeling that, I was feeling very isolated and very alone and very much like I was behind schedule in socializing and making friends. So I think it's great to look through people's highlight reels sometimes. It can be very inspiring and very uplifting, but also you cannot internalize it and you can't compare your life to what you see on social media because it's not real. Even if it's real in the moment, it's not real for their entire life and people don't have an obligation to show every single part of their life. So we don't have an obligation to compare ourselves to them. All right. So now I kind of wanted to go through my post that I was talking about earlier and just go more in depth about what I meant when I said each thing. So 
at the beginning, I talked about setting boundaries with yourself and deciding what plans to say yes or to say no to. Because I have definitely gone through phases where I'll just say yes to everything and then I just end up either canceling plans last minute and making up some excuse, which makes me feel very crappy. I I don't know about you guys, but I hate canceling plans, but also sometimes I get so anxious before and I just have to do it for my own well-being and it would have been so much easier if I had just taken the advice that I'm going to give in a couple minutes. So I was going through a phase of that where I was saying yes to everything and then either canceling or just being so anxious the whole time that I couldn't enjoy the people who I was around and I couldn't enjoy myself. So that was kind of the mindset that I was in and I say in the post that it's a good problem to have because I was getting invited to all these things and my friends were really including me and wanting to hang out with me, but I was just misdirecting that to they wanted to do whatever specific plan they were asking me to do with them. And at that point, it was a lot of people asking me to go out and party. And that's just something that I definitely ebb and flow with. Sometimes I really like going out and I'm in the mood. And then sometimes I'll go for a couple weeks where I'm just like, so not in a social mood and like I love my one-on-one time with my friends but I just do not want to go out and see people that I don't know and talk to people that I don't know and then it just I was just stressed about it I was anxious in general about a bunch of stuff and so people were asking me to hang out and I wanted to hang out with them but I did not want to go out with them so I would say yes and then I would cancel at the last minute and I would feel so bad because I was like oh this friend thinks that I don't want to hang out with them and thinks that I'm canceling last minute when it's literally just me not setting boundaries with myself and putting some false expectation that I'm supposed to do what everybody else wants to do at the same time as them. So since that time um, when I wrote that post, I have been asking myself two questions whenever anybody asks me to hang out. And it's honestly really nice that plans are usually made over text now because it gives you the time to like really take this Take a beat and take a second and ask yourself if this is right for you. And when I say setting boundaries with yourself, another tip I have to start out with is that these boundaries have to be dynamic because setting strong rules for yourself in life is just never going to work out because we definitely change as we grow up. And like I said, with going out, sometimes I'll have weeks where I want to go out and sometimes I'll have weeks where I don't. And so there have been times where I'm like, I'm never going out again and then two weeks later I'm like oh I want to go out but I told myself I didn't want to go out anymore so now I feel like a failure because I said I wasn't going to go out anymore and things like that just aren't healthy so I think just make sure that you can set boundaries day by day or hour by hour or in the moment. The way that I do that with plans and with FOMO is first if I get an invitation I think about the person who asked me and I ask myself is this person good for me at this moment? Because we all have friends who are good for different things. Like sometimes when, let's say you're having an issue and sometimes you have those issues where you just just need someone to let you cry to them and say that everything's gonna be okay and be super positive and just let you feel your emotions. And then you have that other friend who is gonna give you tough love and you know you have to hear it and you need them at different times of your life. And I think that, that's the same thing with events in your life. Like some friends are really good for going out with or doing like kind of surface level fun stuff. And then some friends are for the deeper conversations or for spending 
super long amounts of time together or you have class friends or hometown friends. There's just so many types of people and their personalities also sometimes go with your life at that moment and sometimes they don't. And that's not something personal to the person. It's completely an internal decision, but you have to think about the person and ask yourself, will seeing this person better my life today? If the answer is no, tell them that you're busy. It's okay. You can hang out with them another time. You can reschedule or you cannot. You can tell them that you can't go out with them. And so that's the first layer is asking about the person. And that doesn't really have anything to do with the event. That has to do with the person and whether or not they're good for you in that moment. But then if you say, yes, I do want to hang out with this person and I'd love to see this person today, then think about the event that they're asking you to do. Same thing. Does that event align with you today? Is that going to make your life better today? If the answer is yes, go do it. Awesome. FOMO is done. You've passed both like levels of the boundaries and you can go hang out and have a good time. But if the event is not something that you want, then try suggesting something different. Maybe if I'm using the going out example because that's usually what I struggle with and with wanting to say no to. But let's say your friend invites you to go out to the bars or the, a party and then you don't want to go out that night. You're not feeling social. You just want to spend some quality time with them. Why don't you suggest having a movie night or going on a sunset hike or a little painting date? Just suggest something fun that you guys like to do together and that will allow you to have quality time together. And if they say no, they are just as much allowed to say no to you as you are to them. So don't take that personally and you guys can reschedule for another night and that way you miss out on the FOMO part because you're not missing out. You're just rescheduling and doing something with that person another night. And then regardless of whether it was the person that you said no to or the event you said no to, I want you to not go on their social media for the night. You can mute them. There's a mute button on Instagram and they won't know about it. You can just mute them for the night and don't look at what they're doing and try to mute whoever else you know is going because that way you're not even tempted to have a fear of missing out because you can focus on the fact that you set healthy boundaries for yourself and then you can spend your time doing whatever you want. So that's kind of the process that I go through to prevent FOMO. So yeah, those are my pieces of advice with FOMO. It's definitely all about setting boundaries with yourself and then I think it goes back to comparison just because I think a lot of FOMO stems from you wanting to do something different than the crowd or different from your friend group. But just like I've been saying before, one plan on one night is not going to affect your life in a big way. And what will affect your life is you continuing to make choices that better your life in little ways because that's all going to add up eventually. And it's going to make your bonds stronger with your social circle and it's going to make you trust yourself more to set those boundaries and stop comparing yourself to other people socially. So the last thing that I want to talk about in this episode is imposter syndrome and comparison in an academic school sense. This is the part that inspired this episode, but it's also the part that kind of scares me to talk about because it's what I've been struggling with the past few weeks. And for me, it's really come out with applying to summer jobs and summer internships. And I haven't really gone through an application process since high school applying for colleges. And I'm, I've been getting a lot of denials um, and it was really weighing on my idea of myself and 
my happiness and my personal life and just just the image that I had of myself was really worn down by these denials. I, I definitely thought it was a very personal issue. I thought that I wasn't enough and it all had to do with me and I really internalized it but then this week I was able to see that this also came from comparison because getting an internship is something that I felt like I needed to do because I thought that that's what successful people did. I thought that successful people got an internship over the summer. I had it in my head that that was the only way that I could achieve success. This isn't true. I have lots of other things going on. And summer is for resting from school. And yes, it is absolutely great if you get a job. And if I had gotten an internship, I would have loved it. And if I I could still get an internship and I will love it if I do it. But at the same time, I'm not in a spot where I absolutely need that this summer. I can afford to have a summer that's a little bit more restful. I can afford to have a summer where I go on weekend trips where I work on my sustainable soul stuff and where I work on my group fitness instructor things and where I work on being in my 20s, enjoying time with my friends. It's my last summer of college and I think it's a time that I really need to treasure and it's a it's a time that I was letting really weigh on myself. So that's kind of the background for where I've been feeling some imposter syndrome because since it depleted my confidence so much, it has definitely translated over into other things. And especially in school, I've been feeling like a pretty crappy student lately. And that isn't me because I absolutely love when I'm learning and I love school. I've always loved being a student. But lately, I've just been feeling really down on myself and I've been feeling like I haven't been doing enough. And this week, I've been asking myself, whose standards am I not doing enough for? I'm doing all my homework. I'm going to class. I'm asking questions. I'm I'm doing my stuff. And I'm from an objective standpoint, I'm doing fine. I'm a good student. But something inside of me is saying that I'm not measuring up to some standard. And so that comparison is it's happening with me and my classmates, my friends who are also getting summer jobs. And I'm watching them apply and get them and I'm happy for them. And at the same time, I was doing a lot of comparing and I was thinking, well, I don't have that. Why don't I have that? Why can't I get an internship like they can? And it goes back to what I've been talking about this whole episode that what other people are doing and what other people are getting is not a reflection of me. And same goes for you if you are dealing with something like this with application processes or with classwork, with getting grades on tests or papers. What your friends do and how your friends compare to you really has nothing to do with your life. So I've been trying to work on not comparing myself to A, the people around me and B, this picture of success that I see in my head because success looks different for everybody. I hung out with Christina today, and Christina, I know that you're listening to this, and I love you so much and appreciate you so much, and you gave me some of the best advice. So she basically said, if success looked the same for everybody, nothing would get done in life. She said, if everybody wanted an internship at Tesla, everybody would be working at Tesla. There would be nobody to do all the other amazing things in life. 
So it's important to remember that the quote-unquote conventional idea of success doesn't have to apply to you. Your success looks really different than the people around you. And that's okay, and that's part of life, is that everybody has their own ideas and interests and versions of themselves that they'd like to see and journeys that they're going to go on. And we will go in and out of each other's lives, but we are all, at the end of the day, living our own lives. So what I've been doing this week, and I cannot claim to be an expert on this at all because I am definitely working through it right now, is really celebrating myself and celebrating the things that I'm good at and the successes that I have. Something I've been doing for the past few months is writing down in my journal one thing that I'm proud of from the day before. And I'm pulling out my journal right now. I'm going to flip to a random page and write, read you some of the things that I've written down that I'm proud of myself for because they're not always big things. Like I said, I'm proud of getting a lot of homework done yesterday or I'm proud of going to all my classes yesterday or I'm proud of letting myself relax. I'm proud of calling Selena to thank her for the note that she wrote me. I'm proud for coming home early and prioritizing my goals last night. They're tiny little things. <laughs> there's it's so funny I'm looking through all of them right now one of them was getting through my work shift yesterday working out even though I was sore going to my econ lecture even though I was tired a lot of them are letting myself relax opening up about what I've been stressed about going to soul cycle without celsius like these are little accomplishments that when you read them and you build yourself up it makes you feel more confident So something that I am going to try to do is be a lot more mindful with that practice. And I would suggest trying it too. Every morning, write down something that you're proud of that you did yesterday. It can be as small as that, or it can be as big as I got a job yesterday, or I got an A in my class yesterday, or I went to a really hard workout class yesterday. Or if you're going through recovery, I know this morning I had a pretty big accomplishment and that was that. I was craving a salty breakfast this morning, which I haven't had a savory breakfast in probably two years. And this morning I was craving something savory and I made myself eggs for breakfast and I was so excited. I still get excited over little recovery wins like that. So it can be something small or big, but write down one thing that you're proud of from the day before every morning and it helps so much. And then another way that I found that builds my confidence is by keeping my promises to myself. Lately, I've been narrowing it down every morning to the top three things that I need to get done in a day. Like today, my top three things were going to class and lab and then working on one of my final projects and then going on a walk with Christina. Those are my three things that I knew I really want to get done today. They don't have to be three huge things. They can be three just prioritized things and Ever since I've narrowed it down to three things that I know I can get done, I've been so much more productive because I cross off those three things. I feel so good about myself and then I'm able to be in the headspace to work on whatever else I can get done that day. So that's my second idea is making manageable to-do lists and staying true to your word because that will build your confidence so fast. The last piece of advice is honestly, it's kind of like romanticizing your life. I just want to remind you how great your life is right now even if you're going through something really hard it's good to turn back to gratitude and remember that the sun came up this morning or that you're alive or that 
you can move your body or just so many there are so many things to be grateful for every day and there's so many ways to make your routine revolve around things that you love so start remembering that you're in control of your life and you decide what you do with your time so for me this past week I've been trying to read more and go on more walks. Those are two things that I know make me feel good and make me feel like a main character. (laughs) And I absolutely have felt better after literally just starting to read and go on walks for a few days. So that's the last piece of advice I have is to start something that you're excited for and looking forward to. Because when you start falling in love with your life as it is right now, success will come. And it doesn't have anything to do with the people around you. It doesn't have anything to do with the idea of success that you have. It all has to do with you, your life, and your joy. And from there, you can start making goals and you can start accomplishing them. But you cannot get anything done. You cannot be successful if you're not there mentally. So to close out this episode, I just want to kind of sum it all up and remind everybody that comparison is not productive for you it's not productive for the person who you're comparing yourself to and it won't get anything done in the long run at the end of the day you're living your own life and you need to remember that and you're going to remember that and your life is going to be happier because of it if you're in a a college environment really be mindful of this and really be mindful of the people that you're spending your time with and how you feel when you're with them And if you need to separate yourself from some people, you can do that. That's what I talked about with the FOMO part. There are healthy, kind ways to separate yourself from people and do what's best for you. And start living every day for yourself. Start romanticizing your life and remembering how great you are and building your confidence. And I know you're going to do great things. Yeah, so that's it for my episode today and I hope you enjoyed and I will see you next time. Bye.